0: In 2020, the Vulgar Geniuses raised money to give Eccleston Elementary's 5th grade students a personal copy of Jason Reynolds' Ghost. This was made possible by Orlando's only black-owned online bookstore, Kizzy's Books and More.
1: Trenessa Williams talks with us about how her parents pushed her to follow her dreams and fill a 20-year void by bringing black books to the literary scene. She also shares with us the pushback she received when a local indie bookstore owner told her that there was not a market for black literature in Orlando. Stay with us on the next episode of the Vulgar Geniuses podcast. Are you currently looking for a bookstore that has a great selection of books? Well, Kizzy's Books and More is that bookstore. Visit www.kizzy'sbooksandmore.com to purchase your next book for our book club. Use coupon code Vulgar Genius to receive 10% off the subtotal of your first order. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Vulgar Geniuses podcast. We're your hosts. My name is Denny. And I am Veronica. And today we have a wonderful guest. If you all have been, you know, following us for a while, listening to our podcast You will hear a commercial about Kizzy's Books and More. Yes,
0: it's there every time.
1: Every single time. It's very near and dear to our heart. And today we are joined with the owner and founder of Kizzy Books and More, uh, Dr. Trenessa Williams. Uh, She is the owner of Kizzy Books and More. Kizzy Books and More is an independent bookstore committed to embracing the African-American culture and the joy of reading. Dr. Williams wanted to provide a place for lovers of African-American literature and other creative expressions with a welcoming ambiance and customer service. Using her online bookstore, Dr. Williams provides a virtually comfortable atmosphere for its customers that promotes browsing, relaxation and an enjoyable environment to spend extended time in. And we are so happy to have Dr. Williams join us on today's episode. How are you doing today, Dr. Williams?
2: I am so, I, you know, I'm not, I haven't, I'm lost to words. I'm stumbling before we start. I'm ex- just excited to be with you all again. You know, I enjoy you all. So, you know, this is going to be a fun evening. So I'm looking forward to it.
1: All right. Well, not, le- well we're going to jump into these questions that we have for you today. Um, like we said if you've been listening you've you hear our our promo uh for Kizzy's books and more but what you all, what you and your and your business has done for us at the early start of um, Vulgar Geniuses was tremendous by helping us to, uh, when we raised money for Unleash the Genius, you helped uh, get books to into the hands of students at Eccleston Elementary. And like we've told you before, we just want to say thank you so much for being able to help us with that. And it is our goal to repeat that uh, in the fall this year. Um, And so, yeah, again, just thank you so much for what you did for us and what you continue doing for the community here in the Florida area.
2: You know, if y'all need me for your next next round, just reach out to me. You know, that's the one thing that when I started with Kizzy's back in 2008 as an idea was to have a place in the Orlando area where we can promote African-American literature and everything. And that's one thing that I've been working towards and if I, I can connect with any other organizations throughout, the, I've been working with a few, but you know, that's one thing is just to promote literacy. And that's, I want to get those that, especially those that don't have access to it to be able to have access to a good book. Cause a good book is one of the great escapes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And we were really, when we started, you know, we started as a book club and we wanted to like, do we have like, um, brown and black like library like you know bookstores around Mm -hmm. the central Central florida area and we can't find anybody but you and Mm -hmm. you know i'm like that's great that you know miss williams is here but you are it Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. are it
2: you know that was the last one that was here in the orlando um area was montesso books and that was back in 2006 is when they closed and that was a uh, um, a key part of the community. And, you know, I'm just trying to be able to bring that gap back to have that representation of us um, that has some great books. So, and you all are helping me with that, bringing that. To me. <laughs>
1: So um, I know you spoke earlier about, you know, the the start of Kizzy's uh, Books and More, but I want you to give us a little bit more information. We we were just curious as to how long you've been doing Kizzy's Books and More and what was the inspiration behind not only your company, but as as well as your as your name.
2: Okay, Um, Kizzy's Books and More actually started off as an idea, as I mentioned before, in 2008, Um, I had just um, moved here to the Orlando area and I was in grad school for my MBA in marketing. And I got up one Saturday and I was like, I need a book in my life. So let me go to the place I know has a book. So I went to the location where Montessor Books was. And then I was like, what, they're not open? And I was like, we need to have an exact, we need to have a bookstore um, that sells African-American literature. And I was like, I want to own a bookstore. But my parents always told me, um, sink or swim. So that's their motto. There's two things, a couple of things that they raise us by 24 hours, meaning you can only be mad for 24 hours. And after that, you have to be move on from it. That's a challenge. But, um, but then they also tell us <laughs> sink or swim. And sink or swim, that means whatever you put out, whatever it is that you want to do, you are sinking or you're swimming. Meaning you're going to do all that you can to be successful in it, meaning that you're swimming to get to where you want to go. Or you're going to sink, meaning that you're going to fail at it. So when I had the idea, I was like, I don't know anything about owning a bookstore. So I, I didn't want it to die because of lack of knowledge and not be successful. So I started that journey where I was trying to do research on what it is to own a bookstore. And it was about 10 years. And then I hadn't finished grad school, got my other degree. And my mom was like, miss, she had to come to Jesus moment with me. She was like, um, you done been to all of these conferences and you've been to all of these different things. Now, what are you going to do? Sink or swim mode. And so I said, OK, I'm going to swim. So in 2018, that's when I decided to step out on faith. And the actual um, website for Kizzy's Books and More was launched on September the 19th, 2018. Um, it's uh, been a journey. And we might say, OK, well, what is the name Kizzy come from? And the name Kizzy actually is after the character from Roots by Alex, the book Alex Haley, because she was one of my favorite characters in the book. So I just I was like, if I'm going to name my bookstore, I'm going to name it Kizzy's because that's I love that character. And then also too, it's going to be people going to remember it because who would name a bookstore Kizzy? So and then, <laughs> and so and it it ties in with the culture and. Roots is one of the most influential books. It was a great series and all of that stuff. So that's how Kizzy's came to be. In 2018, I stepped out on faith. I was like, I'm going to start off as an online bookstore and just build that awareness from there. And then later on, because ever since i wanted to have the bookstore, I always wanted to have a physical location in downtown Orlando and especially in the paramore area because that's where there was like a richness of culture african american culture especially during the 1950s and 60s because it was a very affluent community back then during that time and i was like since that's part of the culture that's one of the goals i would like to work towards having is actually having a physical location in um in orlando where people can vibe connect Um, connect with authors that write some of the most amazing books that's written for the African American experience, the culture, and everything. So uh, we've been in um, operations for almost, no, September the 19th will be four years for us. And it's been an amazing journey, you know, being able to connect with wonderful people like you and other people across the community, you know, to promote that one thing is literacy, because, you know, reading is amazing. And that's one of the most challenging things is literacy. And You know, if you're able to read a book that opens up your mind, your critical thinking, your creativity, and it it escapes you able to learn from somebody else's experience just by reading the book. Um, so that's pretty much it as it relates to the bookstore, Kizzy's.
1: I definitely agree uh, 100% about, you know, the richness that you can find when you're reading and being able to connect with the story and how when you find that one book it can you know it can definitely change your life and the way that you see things and what you go after and what you're providing what you are providing as a as feeling of, of a necessary um space um here in the Orlando area you know is one that we applaud you on you know this is a historic thing that you are doing of of providing this service here in Orlando. And we're always amazed by women who are entrepreneurs. Uh, Was Kizzy's Books and More always um, your your vision or did you have something else that you wanted to do before you were thinking about the the bookstore? Mm -hmm.
2: I tell my students all the time, you know, life is a part of a journey. So there's so many different things that you want to do. If you were to ask me when I was in high school, graduating like Vanessa what are you going to be in life what are you going to do I would not have been a teacher because you know I'm a professor full-time I would never have been teaching anybody's children if you were to ask me um you know I always I love fashion so my thing was when you asked me what I was what was I going to be when I graduated high school and got out of college and everything I was going to be a fashion buyer so you see my i'm I'm, I'm still using the creative path but i'm not doing fashion but you know but i always tell my my students especially the ones when i'm teaching um teaching them and we're just shooting the breeze that you know you always have different life paths so and it's always don't be afraid to try different things because you might have one goal in mind but then life switch you to something else so you know i've done some of everything in different industries but um and always had where I can use my creativity. So I never ended up being that fashion buyer in New York like I thought I would be. But you know, I'm doing something amazing and something great. i I met my mark, especially what I'm supposed to do, and that's just promote some of the most amazing books that's written out there. So yeah, um, selling books was never on my radar until 2008
1: well you know instead of buying fashions to clothe your body you're buying the fashions to close your
2: mind so in a way yes, yes yes providing them with that food for thought you know i'm stimulating their mind instead of their fashions yeah, yeah so
1: now um it's not a secret that the book business world is it's populated by white people mm-hmm. and um you know what was when, when you, when you're thinking about your, your bookstore, was that ever a hindrance in your goals of going after what you wanted? Did you ever find that it was an obstacle when you needed to get certain things or learn something in regards to what it was that you were trying to do here?
2: Mm -hmm. I remember, um, when I was first, um, had this idea and I was meeting with other booksellers and they didn't sell, um, African-American books. And I was telling one, um she is a local bookstore owner and I was telling her this is what I want to do this is my idea and she was like those books are not going to sell you're not going to be able to sell those books but you can come to my bookstore and you can set up my section help me set up my section for um uh and I was like what
0: like set up
1: your section for the like the African-American section in our bookstore
2: (laughs) set up a section for her um to give her some ideas and whatnot so I was like no ma'am and she saw my dispositions like I mean no harm but you know you do get some of those things where some people don't see the richness of our literature because you know if it wasn't for us there would not have been a lot of things that's going on and there wouldn't be different things because we are the trendsetters so um so that's one of the things that you know one of the things that I've had run into Was, um, especially when I was telling people about my idea of owning a bookstore, you know, some people were like, you won't make as much money selling African-American literature. Why don't you just do, sell everything in your store? Um, But, um, you know, I was like, no, they need to have a place that you can connect with the authors because there isn't one here in Orlando and they need to have somewhere where we can sell our books and stuff. So I'm not going to tell the tale, but on my site, I do have some books that are written by books that's not us, but I know my demographic that the people that buy from me, they also buy other books and they ask me, do you have these on here? So I made sure I had those available. I just don't promote them, but they're that option for them to purchase on our site. But one of the things that I'm promoting heavily, and that's always been the goal here for Kizzy's Books and More, is to sell African-American literature and to have a place that promotes um african-american literature and i do that every month i let i spotlight books uh, for young adults children and adults in a newsletter um i have my top five picks um that are going to be coming out so showcasing that month so that way people know exactly um who and whatnot but yeah, and then I had to just let them know. Then, like, there is. I had to show actually show them, hey, there is people out here want these books. You know, they're going to purchase these books. But there, yeah, there was some some doubters that doubted.
1: Well, the doubters gonna doubt and the haters gonna hate, but you don't <laughs> keep doing what you need to do
2: because um, mm-hmm. you have the vision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And in your in your mission your mission statement, it states that you know that. The bookstore is committed to embracing African American culture and the joy of reading which you just spoke about. And we were just curious on how when you get ready to curate your collection, especially if you're talking about this is what I'm promoting this month or this week, what do you do in order for you to make those particular highlights? What are you looking for when you're when you're making those selections?
2: When I make those selections, it's a wide range. I always look out to see Um, what books out there that are written by us that one can connect the readers, ones that's already a fan of theirs, but also people that are trying to like rediscover why they fell in love with reading in the first place. So I always, when I pick a book, I always look at, you know, the the back is, when we read the back, the synopsis, we always look at it because that's the one thing that draws us in. If the whether or not, if we can't get drawn in by that synopsis, you know, we, don't, we don't make the purchase. So right. one, <laughs> Just being honest, but that's one of the things that I look at too, is I, um, oftentimes I look at the synopsis and then also to, um, there are some, um, you know, um, publishers, reps with the publishing. They oftentimes they send books to me as well for me to review. Um, and so I read some books and those that put my, Tickle my fancy. I pick those, and then also too, I research to see what's coming out and what books are people talking about, um, so that way I can say, hey, this this book right here should be on your radar. This book right here should be on your shelf.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: I, you know, I research to see what the people are reading, and then I often talk to people, and sometimes people send me, hey, Trinessa have you read this book? This need to be on your radar. And I said, oh, I don't know how that slipped. Let me put this on my radar. Let me read this.
1: Okay, now um, uh, we're going to, you know, transition the conversation into Mm -hmm. a little bit more Mm -hmm. uh, deeper area in regards to what reading means for the nation right now. And so Mm -hmm. we've entered into this more heightened state of paranoia and increased Mm -hmm. propaganda pertaining to the banning of books. Um, And as a person who's dedicated their business to being a space where creativity thrives, what does this movement um, to take away access to books, especially those written by people of color, mean for you not only as a business owner, but one who is also a lover of literature?
2: I promote them anyway because especially when they were talking about band week and they talked about from about what books were promoted, you know, that were banned and that should not have been read. Um, I actually posted, I haven't posted in a while on social media, but during that week, I posted books that people should read that were listed on the band for that band week. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey, you need to read these books. These books were listed on the ban list and these books should be read. So you need to read them. So, um, and I always, you know, I mentioned these books because some those are some amazing books. You know, you had a couple of books written by Toni Morrison, James Baldwin, um, you know, The Hate You Give was on the on there. Um, I know I just butchered up that last book, but you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's so many different um stamp doors on there. And I'm like, they are really trying to stop us from reading some books that promote thought and have people thinking on a broader scale because you know reading is power Mm -hmm. that's the most powerful thing in the world Um, and that's what they're trying to do they're trying to limit your thought process and by banning these books and you need to read them so but if you're everyone out there on Beyonce's internet (laughs) Bill Gates internet in the interland I need you all to go out there and Google what books are banned by African American authors. I need you to go out there and purchase those books and read those books because those books are very good. They just don't want you to read them. So go out there and Google on Beyonce's internet and go out there in the interland. You know, I'm always on the interland. You need to go (laughs) out there and look at those books and purchase those books. You know, I'm not going to plug myself because that'll be, no, that's not me. But go to your nearest local bookstore, support your local, buy local. You know, even though we like Amazon, I I am tempted to on occasion, you know, but support local. So any local bookstore that's out there because we appreciate you all. Look up what books are banned by African-American authors and go out and purchase those books because right now they're really trying to, Reverse all of the things that progressions that we made, you know, Mm -hmm. even laws as it relates to that was passed for us with Jim Crow. They're really trying to get us back backwards instead of moving us forward. So um, that's thing that I would like to advise you all is to go out there, research. You know, Um, it's a list of them. It's quite a bit of them. Even some that's that was just released released recently are banned. That's written by African American authors, Um, especially sixteen nineteen. Yeah,
1: the project which you know every every week on thursday i'm checking the new york times list because i just want to make sure that sister is still on that list because that it has been their goal to
2: also to buy the children's version book because you know they have children's version so buy the children's version for your child as well have them read that as well so that way they can have an understanding too
1: after the pandemic started, <clears throat> uh, a lot of book retailers and just just you know store owners in, in general uh, had to learn how to pivot uh, and how they did their business. And though your business currently is online, how did you set yourself up to be able to thrive through the start of this difficult time for small business owners?
2: I prayed. You know, at first, I was like, Lord Jesus, let me touch the hem of your garment. (laughs) I And then also, too, especially when that, you know, we had a lot going on, especially during the beginning of the pandemic, and so people wanted to know about different books that related to race, and then also, they were looking for Black-owned bookstores, and so I was just talking about being out there on the interland, I was... Mm -hmm. Being out there on the interland, and I read the article that said, If you own a Black owned bookstore, let us know. You know, you have to market yourself and step out on faith and network. And then I reached out to the editor of that one article, and then that really uh, put Kizzy's, let people know about Kizzy's. And then uh, we also, I was also too blessed for um, the author that wrote um, White Fragility. Mm-hmm. had listed us on her website for black owned bookstores to purchase from. So I was one of the the three that she po- one of the handful that she posted on her website. So a couple of the people that were buying her books, they also, when they saw that my bookstore was listed on her site, that came there too as well. So it was it was a blessing because you know it put us the different just by me adding myself to that list and other people reading and doing research and stuff that um that was a blessing, and then um, Tia Mori had spotlighted us, so oh, wow. um, on, her, on her, during that time too. And I was thankful for that. Um, when she mentioned us on her black her black business hall, when she she bought a book from us that time, and um, and she spotlighted the store. So it's been you know people been you know plugging us, and then also to uh, people and people mention us for various different things. Um so and people are purchasing from all across the country. So and then also they say we love your store. We recommend. I never would have thought that so many people would buy for, buy from my store in Colorado. Oh. I never would have thought that or you know Washington state or any other like any like small towns or you know stuff like that. I never would have thought about that. Um but it's been a blessing and I'm really thankful for everything you know I appreciate everything so that's what you all
1: so. <laughs> coming up on your on your fourth year of mm-hmm. being in business of Kizzy's Books and More
2: mm-hmm.
1: how has um the entrepreneurial journey what has that been like for you mm-hmm. um and are there any future projects for the bookstore that you that you want to talk mm-hmm. about
2: So um, it's been, you know, there's been ups and downs and challenging moments. One thing that I'm still trying to tackle and learn is social media. I'm not really savvy on the social media. So I need to learn. Remember the last time we talked, I told you, I promised my student a a chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A if they taught me how to use Twitter and all this other stuff, but they refuse. So I'm here yeah, fending for myself, trying to learn. <laughs> so that's <laughs> so. I, one day I will be a master of social media, but um, there's quite a bit of stuff that I'm working on, trying to get into the works. Um, last year we had I had my first book conversation, and that's where you know talk about meet with an author and discuss their book. And just sit down in a, an informal way with a couple um readers and you know, just have a little conversation about what motivated them to talk about the, the book and um different things um about the book. So that's working towards that this year is to have having more book conversation with authors um because I've enjoyed that. Also, too, um this year I'm working more towards um uh uh, helping people fall in love with reading because last year I did a book challenge called fall in love with the book and a lot of people signed up for it so now I'm looking at and I'm working towards incorporating that to help people with discovering different books that are out there that they need to have on their radar so I'm um, adding on a little bit of a consultant um, component of ironing out some stuff where um, people can I can meet with readers that have no longer read in the past you know they used to be avid readers but now they're trying to find their way back to reading and just to in um just to connect them with some of the awesome books that it's not on their radar that's that and then also to am thinking of what I want to do is to have a I'm looking for an organization to partner with to have a summer book drive so to um so I'm trying to iron out the details with that and to connect with the organization. So that way we can um, have a book drive for um, the underprivileged kids that probably won't have access to a book um, during the summer. Because you know during that time, you know reading is very important, especially if you're in K through 12, and just so that they can have at least one book to have during the summer. So I'm looking for, I'm researching organizations to partner up with, because um, that's my goal to have is a, um, a book drive before summer starts. That's what I'm looking forward to working towards this year is um, the helping people, more people fall in love with reading, um, also um, having more book conversations um, and the um, having a drive this year. All right. So y'all,
1: y'all heard that. So if you have an organization that is dedicated to the, you know, upliftment of children and their, and their literacy, y'all better hear that up.
2: Cause these we'll, books are more. Yeah, we'll work, we'll work on it. To, um, so that way we can get those books in the hands. Cause it's going to be a community effort. Just need to have a working towards having an organization that can partner with us. So that way
1: you, I I know you, you talked about like hoping to get a brick and mortar store the last time we, we spoke. Um, Is that still something that's in the works? I know, I think you wanted to place it in the Paramore area. I still
2: want to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I always have a goal in mind, but then something happens and it detours a little bit. Hopefully it's in the near future. Um, The idea of the plan of having my actual physical location is still going to be there. It's just, hopefully it's in the near future. Um, and I think I have a place where I would like for it to have, but I'm just want to make sure all my ducks are in a row and make sure that we don't go on lockdown anytime soon. Lock
1: on wood. I hope that yeah. never happens again, that we're able to, you know, I hope everybody starts feeling better and that we can mm-hmm. actually truly be with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know in the meantime we hope that everybody is staying safe out there if you are out looking at books at your local bookstore y'all better be masked up but anywho <laughs> um you are current i'm i'm i want to make sure i got this right but you're currently a professor at bethune cookman university no, i'm not
2: at bethune anymore um oh.
1: actually
2: yeah i haven't been with bethune since um 2018 So I'm actually, I teach, um, I work for an online university out of Colorado. So I'm over like the um, marketing entrepreneurship department. So I'm over, I do, um, I'm over the couple of courses there and I have about 30 people that report to me. So I have a um, leadership position there and I teach at a couple other universities
1: how do you handle the the work life balance of like you know doing doing the schooling with
2: you know I guess I'm assuming online because you're not in in college yeah I'm, I'm online so <laughs> I, I, yeah all of my schools right now they're online I only had one that was actually where I met. But because of the pandemic and everything, I don't meet uh, with the students. It's just, it's just strictly online. So I have to actually write down some stuff because I'm actually at about five, one full time and four part time. So, so I have to. How do you
1: handle, how do you juggle that as well as owning your own business and then just like living your life?
2: Yeah. My friends ask me about this all the time. And I said, I have to do this cost of living is high. There's no I in struggle. So I cannot struggle. Um, So, um, and I'm a party of one. So, so I, I have to write down stuff and plan accordingly. um, And then I make sure I have time to handle some stuff for my bookstore, um, you know, and I make sure I um, write it in you know, it takes a lot of strategic planning and stuff. But, you know, my model is there's no I in struggle. So I refuse to struggle. So, you know, I gotta hustle.
1: Do you do you? uh Because I know you said as a, you know, as a team of one. So is it solely you that's that's doing literally everything from like, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, it's solely me. Um But like, for instance, I do have um, for like my newsletters um, and in case if I need to make changes to my website because I'm not website savvy I do have um, someone that does my my newsletters and stuff for me so I just I pick my books and all of this other stuff and I just send stuff to her if there's a, if I have projects or anything that I need to do especially for kids to say for instance if I Decide I wanted to, there's a project where I'm working on something I want to do a digital book catalog to send out, I'll reach out to her and have her do the digital book catalog for me um, in case if there's like an event and I just want to have a catalog virtual, a digital catalog just to pass out so people can see these are the books that I'm picking. um, You can purchase these books. Um, They're available and they just, you know, link up to the site um but um i do outsource some stuff in case if i need to have some stuff done and like say for instance if it's where my orders are getting to a level where i can't do it with myself and another person i'll just bring on somebody else to help me with those orders but um and that's what happened like in when i had a mass orders i had to bring on especially like in 2020 when I had an influx of orders, I brought in about five family members and I trained them on how to process orders on the website and how to um, how to input orders and everything um, through our distributor through our distributor so that I use. So yeah, so it's um, I do have a plan. So right now it's manageable, but in case if it ever is to get back to where it's influx and I can't do it. Then, you know, hire people, reach out, and have,
1: have. ready trained family staff, yeah family staff staff that you can bring in. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I need Yeah,
2: in. yeah. My brother-in-law, he does stuff for me, but he won't accept payment. So, mm-hmm. um I get a meat subscription each month. So, I make sure that I I pay him through meat because he won't accept monetary.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And I'm like, I yeah, can't. I cannot. I give you something so I make sure that when I get my meat order each month I have something for him in case if he does something for me you know hey I'm paying you with this meat since you won't take money so pick up this
1: sausage
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah come and get this this chicken you know I got some I have
1: out. Yeah. All these issues of Sula to this to you know to this organization who needs it or
2: whatever. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, so that's what I tell them. I say, hey, I need something done. Can you do this for me? I got some organic chicken breast for you. You know, hey, now that that's right there. That's yeah. that's some good payment, especially
1: with this inflation that we have and you're talking <laughs> yeah. about some organic chicken yeah. bus. Okay, what you what you need help with? <laughs> well so cool. last year, <sighs> last year we spoke with uh, with Donnie Walton, who wrote the final revival of Opal and Nev. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and we spoke with her back in, in last April. And mm-hmm. one of the most treasured things about being able to speak with her, uh, as well as you. Um, is that all three of us are um, graduates of the illustrious Florida A&M University.
2: We are second to none. Second to none. That is correct. Yes. You, you know, I, t- I tell everybody I'm from FAMU. Even when I taught at um, Bethune for about three years, I let them know FAMU <laughs> <it> was better.
1: <laughs> what would you say? Uh, was one of the most defining experiences for you to help cultivate this love of education and entrepreneurial spirit that you have while your time at FAMU?
2: Um, when, when I say um, that FAMU, it, it was a great learning experience. And then I was able to connect and see a wide range of people while I was up there at the hill. So I still have friends that I've been friends with for like 20 years that I met at FAMU. But then also too, I was an African-American studies and business administration um, uh, major there. But also too, they had a lot of things out there that provoked thought. You know, um, I mentioned to you before that growing up, my parents made sure that we had um, exposure. So meaning that they, you know, make sure that we were able to learn and see different things from different viewpoints. So they exposed us to the arts. You know, I went to art parties, you know, where um, there was a company that had, where buyers brought arts, you know, and you were able to purchase art from the, the artists, the black artists and everything. And our parents, my parents exposed us to that in different forms and different speakers. I remember in high school, um, my mom took me to see Danny Glover speak. And then when I was at FAM, FAM, I was able to see different speakers as well. I was able to see Dick Gregory. Um, I remember when Bobby Seale had came out there, um, it was him and a couple other um, Black Panther um, uh, members um, that were there for the anniversary. So I was able to see them and just, to, he didn't say much, but just to feel his presence there. And then there were so many other different um, things that I was, um, you know, I was like, that brought food for thought and you know, had political action. And that's one of the things that at especially at FAM, it's you were able to connect with who you are and also grow as a person there. And there were so many different things that help you grow. You know, you went in as a young person, but as you went through those years and you went and got your degree, you were able to network, but mm-hmm. then also grow mentally because some of the things that you learned there on campus. You still remember them when you are going from there. And I've been going from FAM 15 years. Mm -hmm. So, and it's been, you know, that's one of the things I always tell people go to an HBCU, you know.
0: What what
1: year did you graduate from there?
2: 2007.
1: Okay. Okay. You, let's see, I left in, I graduated in 2002.
2: So Mm -hmm. you probably were a, I just came in like that August of 2002, like my sister, she graduated in 99 from family nursing.
1: Okay. So you, you came in right when I was walking across the stage and leaving, mm-hmm. I graduated in, in early August. So you came in late August. So you came in right mm-hmm. after, after me. So I'm glad mm-hmm. to know that I was able to pave the way for you. Thank you for Come paving. <laughs> you, know, you
2: know, I'm glad I was able to follow in your footsteps and I'm glad I'm able to show <laughs> Wow, that legacy we moved on. (laughs) Um, so Trinessa, who inspires
1: you the most in life? Okay,
0: hmm.
2: You know, um, if we were to talk about like who are close to me that inspires me that are part of my tribe, you know, it would be um, my parents. You Mm -hmm. know, my mom and my dad. Um, My dad passed away like last year, um, back in February of last year, and him and I, we were close, but one of the things that they inspired us to be, especially, is to um, be who you are, because, you know, they always embrace who I was, and they always said, you know, you can't complain about nothing if you're not going to do something about it, Mm -hmm. so I remember when I was younger, um... And I didn't like, cause you know, I'm from South Florida and I didn't like that. I didn't understand about the, the, wet, the dry soil thing. So I had an issue with Haitians being sent back time to hit the soil. So mm-hmm. I remember I was like, okay, I'm gonna write a letter. So I remember when I was younger, I wrote a letter and my parents mailed it to me, mailed it for me to Clinton, President Clinton. So I wrote the letter and, um, I'm just going to tie it up. They mailed it it for me. And I remember he replied back. And then the reply that he gave me wasn't what I was expecting in an answer, because it really didn't answer what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I wrote another letter. And so (laughs) my parents mailed the letter for me again. And then I got another letter back. I don't even know what I did with the letters. But that next letter was telling me to be involved with my community, basically. Mm-hmm. And, and so I wanted to write my letter again. And my mom had have a come to Jesus moment with me. And she said, Missy, don't write another letter. Because <laughs> soon you're going to have people come to the house. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be like, she is right here. She's over there. You know, so like my parents, one of the things that I enjoyed with them is that whatever it is that we wanted to do they encouraged us but then they also made sure that we stayed within reason. you know we didn't go asunder you know they they let, they knew i was creative they knew i was different you know um, but they let me let us do what we wanted so mm-hmm. and whatever it is that we had a passion for they were back there helping us in you know with our passion You know, if I had a a project, my dad would be right there in Office Depot with me, (laughs) with my creative juices. He would like, Missy, we spent $30 last week. You don't need no more money to do this fashion, this project for your fashion class. I'm like, you cannot put a price tag on creativity.
1: (laughs) Unless you buying from the person who made it.
2: And that's when you put the price. <laughs> and so, and so you know, and he's even though he right, he was right there with me with my if I had a creative idea, he you was know, right there with me in the store, and I'd be like, "Don't you tell my mom about <laughs> So you know, and I, that's one things that that they inspired. You know, they led you know led us by example in regards to what it is that we wanted. And just by them, they they let us provided us with thinkers, and but then they also made sure that we were exposed to different things, to different people, so that way we were learn able to learn from different backgrounds. Because all of us are different, and each person that we interact with is different, and everything like that. So you know, I was one of the youngest people in the American Legion with senior citizens, but that exposed me too you know, veterans, and I have an understanding of who they are, because my grandma made sure that I was in a part of the American Legion Auxiliary, so, you know, because you know, we're a family of people that was part of the military, so different people, different backgrounds, you know, different walks of life, you know, we're all different, but we have to be able to understand other people from different viewpoints, and that's one, Sorry if I'm rambling on, you know, I always end up running. But that's one thing is that they inspired me is to um, look at different things from different perspectives, you know, because everything is unique. Look at stuff from a different, broader perspective. Be your individual self, be creative. You know, they always said, that's my free spirit right there. She don't have on those shoes right now, but yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> You know, uh, that's, you know, that's my hippie right there. And then, it you know, it's like, you're just like your dad, you know, but different walks of life, but they understood, you know, if it was my week to wash dishes, I, they knew I was going to wash it at three o'clock in the morning. Why wash it at, at 9 p.m., you know, different things, you know, embrace, even though I did get in trouble singing Al Green at three o'clock in the morning, washing dishes, but, you know, but they knew, you know, different stuff, but that's one of the things they inspired to be different and they inspired us to think beyond the scope and they inspired them like if you you can't complain about anything if you're not gonna do something. So that's that part of that social change, you know, to look at different things from different angles and to be knowledgeable and to also have compassion and empathy because you know we're all the same no matter if you're a millionaire or if you were if you're a two dollar heir, you know, we're all the same. So that's one of the things that they inspired me to do is to, you know, embrace different cultures, different things.
1: Um, we're getting close to the end of our conversation. So we wanted to ask some some really um important questions. And that being, uh, what is like what books right now are selling like hotcakes that you that you've seen Um, with I guess with maybe in the last month that you're just like, I can't keep this book.
2: I can't even think of it right now because that's a good question. There's so many different books that's been um, um that's been looking and ordering. I know this book right here, this is one of the books I was getting ready to read this myself, but I have quite a bit of people that's ordering this book here. So South this America, been,
1: Imani Perry, yes. Um,
2: so this one right here has been selling. Um, I sold a couple copies of these that I know off the, I can think off the top of my head. Um, but one book that I'm getting ready to read, um, it's, it's not out yet. I just got a copy of this, but I need to read it. But, um, Janelle Monae has this book coming out soon.
1: Oh um, man. Yeah. Cause I remember when that, the news hit that that book was, it's based off of, uh, one of her albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I yeah. Like, that
2: one yeah so I'm getting ready to read this soon so yeah I'm looking forward to reading it I just got this one in the mail Mm -hmm. so so I'm I'm like yay I didn't even know I was getting it till I opened my box and I was like oh yay I'm getting this I'm gonna read it but yeah this book here um also what book was that people are still buying quite a bit of people are still buying Mm 1619 um that's still selling um what else is there? Um, I can't think. You got you put me on a hot seat. This is really a hot seat.
1: And I, I I don't know if this will be much of a hot seat question or not for you, uh, but I, what we always ask anybody that has come on to this show, we want to know, what are your top five favorite books of all time?
2: Okay, um, Manchild in the Promised Land by Claude McKay. Um, I like. Um, Iceberg Slim, his autobiography was great. Loved that book, read that multiple times. Um, who else is there? Tar Baby by Toni Morrison is another favorite of mine. I've read that. Um, you know, I've mentioned for Colored Girls. That was one of, I've read that multiple times. Um was that? I need mean, one more. Okay, let me think. Milk in My Coffee by Eric Jerome Dickey. Oh. Um, now, if I were to say my author rotations is often changing, but I always go back to them. So can I give I can give you a couple of my authors that I always read and go to. So as I mentioned, Blue Sapphire, I read any of hers because they're always good. Um, Latrivia Welch, I read her. Brenda Jackson, I read, um, Eric Jerome Dickey. Um, I read as well. Um I like Quan. Quan is good. Um, um, Donald Gaines is
0: good. Um, I'm thinking, sorry. Um, who else is
2: there? Um, man, that's so many different authors.
1: I love asking this question because it always it's rare if we have someone who can just rip off the top of their head like, oh I like this, this 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 this." Mm-hmm. Most of the time they're just like, oh this is so hard which one I pick? <laughs> yeah, But we know yeah. that this is not set in stone it could change tomorrow yeah,
2: yeah, mm-hmm.
1: something that's just like, oh this is gonna take place of you know my number mm-hmm. one I want to switch it out.
0: Welcome back. You can ask your your, uh, sorry, Doctor Williams.
2: <laughs> no, no, you're fine.
0: I am a mother of a two year old. That's and,
2: understandable.
0: And he's going on his sleep regression phase, and mm. this has been my life. <laughs> <laughs> I understand.
2: I don't. I um help um help raise a, a teenage boy, but I remember those t- two year phases. Yeah, I still remember when he hid in the Macy's and he was yelling for help when I went to get him from, through the racks. And the lady was like, can you yell for help? I said, like, yes, it's fine. I'm his auntie. I'm not trying to kidnap him. And my sister was in Macy's with us laughing in the corner. She was laughing at me in the incident. But yeah, I understand about the two-year-olds.
0: Yeah, so. he, he, just, he just jumped his crib twice tonight. <laughs> When we start when we started the podcast, he heard me talking to you, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh no, I need to be with her. <laughs> and He jumped twice, and I'm praying to God that he doesn't wake up again.
2: Mm-hmm. We might we might have to whisper the the tell in so he
0: won't hear you. <laughs> no, I I think it, it's it's past nine. This mm-hmm. is beyond his bedtime, mm-hmm. but. Please, please understand (laughs) my plight. And I totally understand. I I am so embarrassed because he he opened the door, Dr. Williams, (laughs) and he was like, Mommy? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. We were caught off. This
1: this has always been one of the things that we were wondering when it was going to happen, like Mm -hmm. if she ever had to step out totally from Mm -hmm. an interview. And I uh, today was the day. Today mm. he jumped. He jumped like you were answering a question, and I saw it on the on the monitor. And I heard a thud. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do. And Veronica's face. <laughs> <laughs> that that thing is is high. It's, it's as long as me, and I'm five feet tall. Flat. well we asked all the questions except for. Our hot seat question. I, I I believe so i'm I look at the time, I'm like, of course, be convenient. Literally after the podcast, I show up, so you can you can go ahead and just put this, this in. So I I'll, I'll introduce it and 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 have you. I basically go to Dr. Williams. That's what I did. I
2: You're fine. You remember I said there's never a dome, never a dull moment. Remember the every time we talk. Yeah, last year I, was, I couldn't understand how to connect with. Um, with um, with Instagram, and I kept going out, and then I was trying to do an interview with twenty percent battery, and it, it yeah, so yes, yeah, so I understand. Devil, so it's okay. The devil yeah. is busy
0: today. <laughs> we we just have to meet, meet up with you, and actually maybe just do it in front of you. Maybe then, maybe then. The cosmos would align.
2: <laughs> that's fine. I enjoy being, having meetings interviews with you all. So it's, and I'm always, I'm, you no, know, it's always something that's going to happen with me. It's, it's part of the cosmos with me, I guess. It's part of my aura. <laughs> You're fine.
1: So this is the part of the interview that Denny loves. She loves putting everybody under pressure to see what everybody's done. And tonight say. I was
0: put on pressure. <laughs> You know what goes around comes around, <laughs> I guess.
1: Um, so this is the part where where we put you in the hot seat. So I'm gonna pass it over <laughs> to the lovely Denny, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna see what what you say on these, on um, these uh, questions here.
0: We we like to do these things, you know, to pique the interest of who we're talking to. You know, light stuff. Um, so just just answer which which one you prefer. Um, Zora Neale Hurston versus Langston Hughes. Light stuff. Really? <laughs> so for those who
1: are listening and cannot see.
2: Her they eyes had, are uh, huge. Didn't they have like a little bit of a beef during the Harlem Renaissance?
1: A huge beef. They had a huge falling out.
2: Why, why did you do this to me? <laughs> you were struggling a couple minutes ago while you were out answering Veronica's last couple questions because she asked me about my book, the books I was reading and and I, I, geez, can I say both? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Oh, oh. You Mm
1: -hmm. have to choose one, Dr. (laughs) Williams, one, either, or which one would you, would you have to let go? Which one (laughs) would you keep, Langston or Hurston? Langston or
0: Zora? Both. (laughs) <laughs> she's like stop asking me this question refuse mm-hmm. <laughs> well, All right, if you say I have
2: to but the eyes were watching God was great but I'm a huge Langston Hughes fan but you saying that I have to get rid of one work over the other or am I just one, which one
1: would you choose will it be Zora or is it Langston which one you which one you taking
2: home uh, since you made me through this pressure Jesus
0: this. <laughs> Okay, Langston Hughes. Um, Maya Angelou versus Alice Walker. <laughs> don't shoot the messenger. Why do you do this to me? I thought you liked me. We,
2: we don't like
0: you. We love you. We and that's really why do- we're doing it
1: actually she's doing it I'm just here for the entertainment
0: mm-hmm.
2: I'm that pop okay corner. I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick um Maya Angelou because you know she did that skit with Richard Pryor on his show so I'm just gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go with Maya Angelou because she had some acting in there too and she had some great work so she was very versatile with the acting and the writing and so
0: just- okay okay so, Last one, um, Audrey Lord versus James Baldwin. James Baldwin. Oh, that was quick. That she was... she knew. <laughs> she she knew without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Miss, Miss Audrey would have been left. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: want to at least try to snuck one book, but I can't. No, James Baldwin left behind. No, no, no. So yeah. <laughs>
1: well there you go ladies and gentlemen it has been a pleasure a gift a treasure thank you so much uh, for sitting in with us in this interview we we greatly appreciate it
0: yes thank you so much um i'm had to listen to it on my own <laughs> <laughs> like like the rest of them because <laughs> i was i was I was part of the most difficult moment, but not through you know the fun times through all of this. But thank you for your time again. You know we we're hoping we live in the same same state and same kind of like city. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we get we get to meet up soon, and you know we we really truly connect. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and I just want to say thank you all again. It's been fun.
0: Thank, thank you. you, thank you Good so night. much. Take
1: Good care. night. Take care. Bye. Bye. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let us explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer.
0: When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best
1: of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.